0: is the american confederacy still celebrated in brazil the internet says it's true hey Hey, welcome to the internet says it's true where every week we learn something that sounds like i made it up but it's really true part of the wcbe podcast experience my name is michael kent and this is episode 145 another rewind episode because i am still on a ship currently in halifax remember If you want to watch the video of me interviewing our guests each week, you can do that by becoming a Tizziter and joining Patreon. That's the only place you can access Joke Story Trick. Uh, That was, of course, the live web show I did during the pandemic. There are 65 episodes of that and only available when you become a Tizziter. In other words, sign up for a dollar a month or more, and you can find all of that. It's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. And you can now sign up for a free trial. So if you're on the fence about joining the Patreon, you can sign up just to see what it looks like for a week. Anyway, once again, patreon.com slash Michael Kent. There's also a link in the show notes. If you are listening from the Chicago, Illinois area, I'll be in Chicago for six shows at the Chicago Magic Lounge next weekend. Uh, That's the 15th through the 18th. Those tickets are available at chicagomagiclounge.com. Then I'll be back in Columbus for four shows at the P3 Magic Theatre on the 23rd, 24th of June. Those tickets are available at p 3 magictheatercom So if you want to see me perform magic, you know, you can get those tickets. You can see me live. Now, for today's episode, we're going to talk about a weird immigration story that happened after the Civil War. This was not immigration to the U.S., but immigration to Brazil. This was originally released on September 27th of 2021. Well, you may or may not know that I'm a history buff, and in particular, I'm fascinated with the American Civil War. So this is one of those stories that I did know a little bit about, but not a ton, and we haven't done an episode about it. So I was happy to spend the week to learn about it. It's super interesting to me. We see immigrants at our borders on the news every day. For those who live in border states, you may see them as part of your daily life. They're people who are fleeing their country in the hopes that this new country provides a better life. Well, this story is about a different type of immigration, a time when immigrants left the U.S. Something you hear a lot when it comes to patriotism or politics is love it or leave it. This idea that if you have a complaint about this country or its government, that you should just leave. This story is about a group of people who took that seriously. In 1865, the American Civil War came to an end. Between the months of April and June, most of the Confederate soldiers surrendered. It had been four years of bloody battles and around 750,000 dead, two and a half percent of the total U.S. population. Lincoln had a plan for reconstruction that was a threat to what many considered the Southern way of living. Freed slaves would have joined the working class, they would have been given their own land, and amnesty would be given to those Confederate soldiers who took up arms against the United States. Lincoln wanted a swift reunification, and so his plan was based on forgiveness. But as we know, Lincoln was assassinated soon after the end of the war. And while his successor, Andrew Johnson, wouldn't carry out Lincoln's vision for reconstruction, many Confederate soldiers worried about living in a country that didn't hold their values. Others had lost their land. Starting just before the Civil War, America was experiencing westward expansion. The building of the railroad that connected the east with the west and the Homestead Act had people flocking west. In fact, the argument as to whether these new territories would be slave states or free states was one of the significant factors to the start of the war in the first place. After the war, a lot of Confederate soldiers moved out of the South. They went West seeking out fortune and a new life. For some of the leaders of the Confederate Army, amnesty wasn't initially extended to them. Jefferson Davis spent two years in a Virginia prison. When he was released, he fled to Canada, then England. His vice president, Alexander Stevens, was held in a Boston prison until October when President Johnson released him. He wouldn't flee the country at all and instead went on to be a U.S. congressman and the governor of Georgia. Robert E. Lee fought against black voting rights after the war and ended up poor and homeless before he was eventually made the head of Washington College. General George Pickett fled to Canada for two years until he was pardoned. But for some of the soldiers who still deeply had their Confederate pro-slavery values, they sought out to create new Confederate colonies outside of the U.S., One plan was for a place called the New Virginia Colony. The main settlement was planned in Carlota, halfway between Mexico City and Veracruz in Mexico. But there were as many as four other colonies planned throughout Mexico. There were a few problems. Mexico wouldn't allow them to bring slaves and eventually the Confederate-friendly Emperor of Mexico was overrun with Mexican Republicans who didn't approve of the Confederate settlers. Other Confederate colonies were attempted in Belize, Paraguay, and Cuba. But the most widespread and successful attempt at a new Confederate colony occurred in the Brazilian state of Sao Paulo. We'll talk about that after a quick message. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash michaelkent. That's patreon.com slash michaelkent. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but... Unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at FatCo.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to TheInternetSaysIt'sTrue.com slash deals for the link there's a small cemetery south of santa barbara doeste in brazil it's called cemeterio dos americanos and there are several generations of american immigrants buried there almost 500 interments in total every year in april there's an unapologetic festival at the cemetery celebrating all things confederate the festa Confederada. Members of the community meet to eat foods from the American South, fried chicken, French fries. They listen to country music, they dress up in Confederate uniforms and antebellum dresses, and they dance. The dance floor, a permanent outdoor surface, depicts a giant Confederate flag. It's a celebration of Brazil's interpretation of the Confederacy, stewarded by Brazilians who are the descendants of the Confederate immigrants who moved there from America more than 150 years ago. I went to their Instagram, and it is absolutely bizarre. You'll find a combination of Confederate flags, American bikers, women in ornate Civil War hoop dresses, men in costume, Trump flags, lots of imagery of this quasi-American fake patriotism. Pictures of the festival include other icons of a conservative anti-government America, like the Gadsden Don't Tread on Me flag. This one was particularly sickening. One Memorial Day post says in honor of the fallen with a pair of oak leaves. But inside the oak leaves is the Confederate flag. Why here? Why in the middle of Brazil? In 1865, slavery was still legal in Brazil. In fact, it was the last of the Western countries to outlaw slavery in 1888. Brazil relied on African enslaved people all the way back to the 16th century. When the country developed a lucrative mining industry, around 40% of the 11 million Africans that were forced into slavery in the Atlantic slave trade were brought to Brazil to work on sugarcane plantations. In addition to sugarcane, Dom Pedro II, Brazil's emperor, wanted to develop a lucrative cotton industry in Brazil. He offered southern farmers cheap land, tax breaks, and free travel to his country in order to cultivate this new industry. While some Confederate leaders discouraged Southerners from emigrating to Brazil, thousands did anyway. No one is sure exactly how many Confederates fled to Sao Paulo. Conservative estimates put the number at around 8,000, but port records of Rio de Janeiro show that as many as 20,000 Americans entered Brazil after the war. These were people who no longer identified with an America that didn't value a slave-holding agricultural South. They were people who didn't want to feel conquered and saw the South without slavery as a South that would live in poverty. So they took Dom Pedro II up on his offer and they fled by the thousands. Many fled to Santa Barbara do Oeste, a city northwest of Campinas. Others founded the city of Americana to the east. And it was there that these Americans put down roots. Some returned to the U.S. once Reconstruction failed and the Jim Crow era began, but most stayed. So for now, in 2021, their legacy still continues. And just like the lost cause narrative replaced the truth here in the States, the same is true for the proxy Confederacy that still exists 3,000 miles from where the Civil War ended. Today, the history and legacy of the Confederados that left the US is still held up by a group called the Fraternity of the American Descendants. Marcelo Dodson is a past president of the group And in the 2017 aftermath of the white nationalist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, he made the argument that the Civil War was a battle not for slavery, but for small government, free commerce, and states' rights. This, of course, is a view of the conflict with which most historians disagree. In an era where more and more Americans disagree with the flying of the Confederate flag in the US, the internet says it's true. It still flies proudly and strangely in one small part of Brazil. Well, now it is time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend. And today, I'm lucky to have Jackie Tone on the show. Jackie is an actress, singer, and comedian who is best known for her role as Melrose on the Netflix series Glow. She also hosted Netflix's cooking competition series, Best Leftovers Ever, and she currently stars, along with Kristen Bell and Luke Youngblood, as the voice of Ray in the Amazon Prime original animated series Doe, Ray and Me, of which she is also a co-creator and co-writer of the music on the show.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I am awesome. Now, we met because uh, you used to perform in a lot of colleges, uh, really? and that's currently what I do is I tour colleges. Do you still do any of that work? Are you still touring colleges at all, or is television and, and movies keeping you busy?
1: you know um well luckily you know the latter sort of but i was actually just telling someone about the college life the other day and it was harrowing michael (laughs) like it's no joke especially for like i was a young little tiny mousy woman girl almost at the time alone taking three flights to get to Kearney, nebraska right middle of the night renting a car in like a dark tiny airport that no one was even working at and they like would leave you the keys in a key box and you'd swipe your credit card and then i would drive in the middle of the night on these like random roads maybe or maybe didn't have service get to like a la quinta yeah like construction workers were staying in and being like hey is that a a guitar and i'm like oh yes i gotta go to my room can you play me something and i was telling a homegirl of mine and she was like that's terrifying and i was like oh it was like that all the time and i just did it for five years at least
0: yeah i'm on year 17 of of this
1: hundreds of shows you've probably done thousands
0: uh yeah i've been adding them up but probably i mean it's 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 been 17 years and i'm i'm still doing i'm doing it once again after the pandemic and all that stuff is—it's exactly the same as what you just described. I mean, literally, last week I was in a hotel and I was the only non-construction worker in the hotel. Why but are?
1: Imagine, but imagine you being a woman.
0: Oh, very different for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah.
1: like, one time, one time, I was telling my friend I had—I went to a hotel and I had to leave. Ooh. it was like I was—it was like an indoor/outdoor motel, and it was all construction workers were staying there because I guess they were working on the road in this like random rural area. And God bless construction workers, amazing, hardworking gentlemen. Just this particular group of them were um, acting crazily, and probably hadn't seen a woman in a minute. And (laughs) uh, they were like, there there was a glass, there was a window. I was like walking, you know, like a motel where the doors are right to the street. So I walked up the stairs and I'm walking across the top. A floor and there was a window and it was open and their blinds were open and they were getting like canned and as I walked by they started banging on the window. Oh no. Oh yes. So I called the front desk and I was like hey um, I just don't I don't know that I should stay here and the woman at the front desk said darling I don't know that you should stay here.
0: Oh no. <laughs> oh, yeah if she's not into it you're definitely that is not a ringing so, endorsement of her don't establishment. Don't Holy cow. Walk-
1: so she walked me from my room to my car. Oh, good for and her. boyfriend at the time and his dad were like online finding me another hotel and telling me how to get there because I had no service. Wow.
0: Oh, well, I'm glad you don't have to do that anymore. Thank um. you. <laughs> <Me> <laughs> let's, too. let's get into this quiz. I like uh, to keep the topic of the show a secret from guests. The show is about stories that are true, but that most people probably don't know. So I'm genuinely curious if my guests have heard of these things. And there are stakes. So for this first question, we're playing for a celebrity impression. So if you get it right, celebrity impression of my choice, and I'll I'll make it easy because I know what's in your (laughs) wheelhouse. I think if you get it wrong, I'll do a celebrity impression of your choice, which will be super entertaining because I don't do celebrity impressions.
1: Ah, me neither. Okay, let's
0: go. Okay, after the Civil War, ten to twenty thousand Confederate sympathizers and soldiers moved to which one of these locations? A. Southern California. B Russia or C Brazil. Brazil. You are correct. The answer is Brazil. It was not Southern California or Russia.
1: It could not be Southern California, because then we wouldn't all be, yeah.
0: Yeah. Some did move, uh, for the you know, the gold rush and, and everything was happening, but Brazil, yeah, like a whole bunch of people moved to Brazil, started a colony, and it's still there to this day with descendants of Confederate soldiers and Confederate flags and everything. It's bizarre. Say,
1: they're still waving those stupid flags they
0: do and they have a, a festival every year like the festa confederados or something where they it's it's crazy it's bizarre they dress up in the, confederate the garb hol-
1: holding on to that is
0: yeah really- okay it is it's it's crazy and and even there it's it's sort of changed over the years right so it's like they're really celebrating the gone with the wind you know that's yeah. it's not a real they don't really know they don't have that pain that we have yeah. here
1: Yeah. And the people that have been through that. Yeah. Wow. All
0: right. So real quick, give me a, give me a celebrity. I'll do an impression for you.
1: Your celebrity impression that I would like you to do today, Michael, is Al Pacino.
0: Hey, that's my Al Pacino. It's just a one word. I, I can't do celebrity impressions. I shouldn't well, have set myself up.
1: Like it's almost like um, you won that one because I have an impression of Al Pacino, and it's Oha.
0: <laughs> it's much better, much better than mine. I was Oo-ha! I was gonna give you a Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana, because I know that that's in your wheelhouse, and you could. You oh,
1: could... you don't. You don't know that I'm not gonna get the next one wrong, baby.
0: <laughs> Love it. Okay, so for this next question, we're playing for a magic trick. If you get it right, I'll perform a magic trick for you. If you get it wrong, you don't have to do one. But you don't get to see me do one for you. Okay. Um, So, have you ever been to Brazil, by the way? It's not your question. I'm just curious. No. Okay.
1: Also, not a question I could get wrong.
0: (laughs) It's true. That wasn't the one. Which one of these cities is the largest city in Brazil? Is it A, Sao Paulo? B Rio de Janeiro, or C, Buenos Aires?
1: Oh, wow. So when you first asked the question, I was gonna say Sao Paulo, because I just was. So I'll just Go
0: with it, São Paulo. Jackie Tone, you have won a magic trick. Uh, you are going to get to see me perform magic because you got that right. Rio is probably a more famous city, right? But São Paulo nah. has twice as many people as Rio, and Buenos Aires is in Argentina, so not even uh, not even in Brazil. In
1: Rio de Janeiro. This oh, is, mama mio.
0: This is uh, let me let me get a quick video of this. Watch this. We'll just sort of zoom in. Now, this isn't magic isn't good for podcasting, um, but if I take the the phone, can you see that very well? Are we zoomed in enough? Okay, we'll just take the phone. I hope this works and just.
1: What? Oh, well, there is no
0: phone. There you go. I I made a made a cell phone vanish for those of you listening. Um, If you want to see that Patreon, it's like only a dollar a month. You can see magic tricks on there uh, and you can see the video of this whole interview. You are currently working on a show that you co-created you co- and you wrote the, the songs for. Uh, it's called Do, Ray and Me, which is an animated Amazon Prime exclusive for preschool age viewers. Tell us what the show's about.
1: Do, Ray and Me is, as you said, an animated preschool musical series where we sort of sneak teach kids about music. So it's a fully musical show these three little birds, do Ray and me, are on a musical journey in every episode. And at the end of the episode, there's a song sort of culminating their journey throughout the course of the episode. But we wanted to make it so when the song happened at the end of the episode, it wasn't the first time the kids heard it. So everything happening in the episode leading up to the end is informing the song. It's the melodies from the song. They're walking on a piano walkway that's sort of playing the song. If oh. they go to the falsetto forest, the trees are playing melodies from the song. So they're getting all this musical input. And then by the time they get to the episode, the song at the end of the app, they go like, I, I know this, like I can sing and dance along to this because I've that's, been hearing it for the other 10 minutes. And-
0: That's really unique.
1: I thank you. Uh, every episode has a musical lesson an emotional lesson and a musical genre. And so we had a 50 episode, this is wild. We have a 50 episode first season. So we, my co-songwriter and I had to come up with, I mean, this was my <laughs> my idea. So it was, a, um, I didn't realize how much I was gonna have my work cut out for me. Yeah, I, I had all these sort of like wild and childlike harebrained ideas. And then I had to execute them and I was like, different story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so yeah, I mean by the time we got to genre 20, we were like, I guess we're going to have to dip into specifics like 80s Whitney Houston or Queen or singer songwriter or like this one sounds like John Mayer. Like we got pretty specific. Wow. Um yeah, and so the show is out on Amazon Prime and basically every episode kids learn, they don't just listen to music and follow these birdies on their rad emotional journey which they would just love anyway. Yeah. But they're also learning Lyrics and dynamics and beat and I- instrument recognition.
0: Wow. I feel like I want to watch this. I am I am not of preschool age, You'll but love it. this seems interesting you, to me. Are
1: you six? Because it's for two to five and you're six. You're I'm like just six out of, of,
0: the, of the age range, but I feel like I can still kind of fit in there. You'll so. love it. That's awesome. Let's move on to question three. And for this question, okay. we always play for the same prize. It's a coveted, the internet says it's true sticker. Wow. This is a, a very valuable three inch by three inch sticker of the show's logo, and these are hard to come by. Very valuable. The question is this, and it's a multiple choice. What happened to the Confederate gold after the Civil War? A. Nobody knows because it vanished and it hasn't been found to this day. B. It was confiscated by the Union Army and used to make the dome on the U.S. Capitol building. Or C. It was melted down and is still being used today to make Emmy Awards.
1: Emmy Awards aren't real gold. The home in the Capitol building, you'd think people would be trying to pick that off if it was actual gold, but it probably has good security. A, nobody knows.
0: You are correct, nobody knows. And to this day, it hasn't been found. So this is according to War History Online, The Confederate treasury was first kept in New Orleans, but as Union troops approached in 1862, it was moved to Georgia at the Iron Bank owned by William H. Young. On October 11th of that year, Confederate General Pierre Gustave Toutant Beauregard ordered it moved once more.
1: Toutant Beauregard.
0: toutant Beauregard hyphenated Uh French last name, ordered it moved once more. But what happened after that remains a mystery. There are still people out there looking for it 150 some years later. Uh, so yeah, you uh, you get a sticker. I'll, I'll mail you a sticker. Speaking Why, thank you. Of Emmy Awards, uh, you starred as Melrose in the Netflix series Glow, which is about glorious ladies of wrestling. I had the trading cards when I was a kid, uh, of glorious ladies of wrestling. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, it received eighteen Emmy nominations, won three Emmys. One of those was Outstanding Stunt Coordination. So my question to you is: Did you do your own stunts? And if so, what was that like to like learn wrestling moves?
1: Oh man! The great joy of my life I sh- one of the great joys of my life I'm lucky enough, I think to have more than a single great joy at the moment. um oh my God! I was just thinking yesterday you're hitting on so many things. I really miss glow um first of all, the pandemic just it uh we were we were in the middle of making a season four yeah. in march of twenty twenty and the pandemic shut us down, and there was people couldn't conceive of like how to get 15 women in a wrestling ring, breathing on each other during a pandemic, like how to make that happen in a safe way, which makes sense, but it's devastating. And we never went back. We just never finished the show and it's gone now. Um, But yes, we trained for a month before every season. So we trained for for, four. So for a month before season one, we basically all got in the ring together. That was the first time we ever met. We're all in like leggings and tank tops, being like, "Hey, I'm Jackie. Hey, I'm Kate Nash." The what British a great icebreaker! I mean, and you're like within minutes, you're in each other's like crotches. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, "Cool, nice to meet you." Um, there, and we absolutely did our own stunts, one hundred percent. We didn't even have stunt doubles. We didn't even have them there. It's it's wild to think about. Like, yeah. I think looking back now, it's similar to, no, I mean, colleges were not great and Glow was incredible, but looking back when you sort of like have that moment of like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't have fear. I didn't have, I had insecurity at the very beginning. And of course I brought my wise ass in like day one of training. I was like, Hey, just going to make a quick announcement. Like if anyone's nervous to be here and thinks they can't do this, like, fear not look in my direction. I'll be worse at this than you. And you can just go home feeling really good about yourself. <laughs> That's my self-deprecating codependent icebreaker where I put myself down to make everybody else feel better. I'm working on it, but it turned out I could wrestle. And so the stunt coordinator, you know, would always play that back for me when I would, when I would body slam someone, she would go like, Hey, member, Just remember how you can't do any of this, and you're the person who's not athletic, and you've never thrown, you've never thrown or a ball, or kicked a ball, or caught a ball, and you just body slammed Ellen. Just quick reminder of the stories you've told yourself your whole life. And I think the best part about Glow was really removing those limitations I had on myself. Of like, I grew up as such a such an, I mean, not a theater kid, but like such an actor kid, an entertainer kid. That like, you know, it just there was no universe I was going to be able to, in my mind, be able to do that. And I just could.
0: That's amazing. As as, what a cool what thing a, to have in your pocket. Right? Like now, so if you would have had that before the college tours, you maybe could have stayed in that hotel. You know what I'm saying? You do, could have, you know
1: what I mean? you could have fixed big, those
0: construction workers and it would have been the done.
1: Only, the only problem with that was they had numbers on me and they have size on me. Yeah. The girl that I body slammed, Ellen Wong, is like 95 pounds. Soaking <laughs> wet, covered in noodles. Yeah. She's like that big. <laughs> covered <laughs> in noodles. Just like
0: Unbelievable. Uh, so you'll get a sticker. Question four. For this question, we're gonna play for five Twitter followers. If you get it right, I'll do my best to get you five Twitter followers. If you get it wrong, you gotta get me five Twitter followers. Right. When Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in April of eighteen sixty-five. They found a peculiar item in his wallet. Which one of these was it? Little mystery. A, was it the lyrics to Yankee Doodle Dandy? Uh, B, a Confederate $5 bill that had Jefferson Davis's picture on it? Or C, a photograph of his niece, Heather Dante? It
1: was a Confederate $5 bill. Final answer? Yes.
0: You are correct. It was a Confederate $5 bill. You are killing this quiz, Jackie. According you know how to- I
1: knew it wasn't the third one.
0: So tell us how you didn't. How you knew it wasn't a photograph of his niece, Heather Dante.
1: Couple reasons. Abraham Lincoln did not have a niece with a New Jersey Italian name, Heather Dante. A and B. I played Heather Dante on The Sopranos, <laughs> so you just pulled that and threw it in. What if I didn't catch it?
0: What if you didn't? I mean, what if you said was, mm, he could have had was a niece twenty Heather Dante-
1: years ago? That was twenty over twenty years ago.
0: Twenty years ago uh you were
1: nineteen ninety eight
0: you played a friend of of uh meadow on the sopranos I did nineteen ninety eight are you kidding me uh uh-uh. oh my gosh, I was in college I've
1: been in, I've been in the game a minute, babe
0: yeah, I was in college being in the marching band. That's what I was doing in nineteen ninety eight you
1: magic tricks behind a tuba
0: yeah it was, it was a drum, it was a drum, but it's safe I great. was. I was very popular on the band bus doing magic tricks.
1: Uh, okay.
0: According to Smithsonian Magazine, Lincoln may have gotten this $5 bill when he visited uh, Petersburg and Richmond earlier in the month. And uh, yeah, and Heather Dante was the name of your character on The Sopranos. That was that season, that was an early season? One. Season one, yes. Well, wow. What's
1: crazy about that is I was, um, I was supposed to be recurring on that show. And then, um, the creator of the show's daughter like dropped out of college and she'd been acting and I was Heather and then and I was Meadow's best friend. And then she dropped out of college and then I was no longer on the show. And then she played a character named Hunter who was oh. Meadow's best friend. Yeah. Hunter so it was, was sort recurring. Of like the, sort of like the two Darren's on Bewitched where it was like, <laughs> did where did that one girl go? Weird.
0: Oh man. And what do you need? Isn't it oh, the like.
1: Heart, oh, the heartbreak of the entertainment business. That was like my first. And you know, what's funny is I didn't even know it was really my first big gig because um when i told people i was doing a show called the sopranos and i'm a singer they were like oh but you're an alto i was like oh christ but they (laughs) nobody knew what that show was that was it wasn't it wasn't one of the most iconic shows to ever be on television in 1998 no one heard of it no one knew what was going on
0: yeah and now it's legendary question five this one is for all the marbles and if you get this wrong, I'm banning you from my podcast. You'll never be asked on again. If you get it right, I would love to have you back sometime. And this is a question that we've asked our guests for the last few weeks. I've stuck with this one because I enjoy the answers. What piece of advice would you give to 17 year old Jackie Tone?
1: Oh, I mean, I kind of just know the answer to that. Um, so I would tell 17 year old Jackie Tone. I mean, listen, I got to hand it to 17 year old Jackie Tone. She moved across the country. I look at how fearless. I almost feel like the question should be, "What would set? What advice would seventeen-year-old Jackie Tone give to current Jackie Tone?" Oh, okay. Because that would be like, but I don't even know that seventeen-year-old Jackie Tone knew she was being fearless. She was just being. Yeah. Like when I dropped out of college and moved across the country and was like, "Cool, I'm in LA now. I'll find a place to live, and somehow I'll make enough money to do stuff." Like there was no, there was that, there was that childlike naivete that made it work. Like, I just was like, there's no universe this isn't gonna work. And listen, I wasn't a crazy working actor making a ton of money by any means, but I made it work enough. I found stuff in LA to do. I found friends to work for. I found gigs here and there. Um, So that's the advice that 17 year old Jackie would give to current Jackie is just like, foster and find that fearlessness again to just know you can do the thing and then figure out how to do it. Like Mm. don't let, there was no self-doubt in 17 year old Jackie. Create. That's basically what current Jackie would give to every version of Jackie up until a few years ago. Make stuff, make stuff.
0: Well, I'm glad that you have the ability to look back on that. And uh, that is a correct answer. And so you do get the points and I would love to have
1: you back on the show. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's wonderful. Wonderful. So, uh, once again, you can catch Jackie Tone voicing the character Ray on Do Ray and Me on Amazon Prime. You can follow her Instagram or Twitter. It's at Jackie Tone, T O H N. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with me this week. I really appreciate it. And I would love to have you back on the show sometime.
1: Happy to anytime. I'm going to go walk my dog.
0: Oh. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much to Jackie Tone for being my guest. Here's a young child who tears down Confederate statues for fun. Thank
1: you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't
0: already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works.
1: I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True!
0: The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Denny Corby, Joshua Endress, Dallas Ray, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Jim and Joanne Martin, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Kemplin, and the show's official Emperor Kicktrack. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. Theme song is by Finite Music Forge. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17, USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts. And you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash michaelkent. The Internet Says It's True is part of the WCBE podcast experience.